Across Tamworth and the northwest slopes and plains, you're waking up to 2TM Breakfast with Peter Huxley. Coming back into, coming back in. I had, I'll tell you a story about my dog. My dog's name was Bluebell. Yeah, nice, wasn't she? She's a little blue greyhound. And she was absolutely gorgeous and she died a couple of years ago. In fact, today might even be the day that's at the anniversary of her passing. It was certainly in February. I'll check that out, actually. I'll go and have a look at that. Anyway, I'll tell you the story. So I thought I'll bury her down at the local oval. She loved to go down there and watch the kids play soccer and eat a sausage sandwich and all that sort of thing that you do do going down there. So there's a little bit of bushland around it. So I, so I dragged her into the... <laughs> I carried her into the bushland. And there was a bloke down there walking his dog. And I think he thought I was burying my wife or something because he called the cops. <laughs> so I'm there all upset. I'm digging a hole for my dog and it's put her in it and you know put it and I thought I'll put us I'll, I'll plant some bluebells on it wouldn't that be nice so anyway that guy called the cops the cops came we ended up having to sort it out I was pretty angry with the bloke I said do you think I'd be do you think I'd be burying the wife at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning at the local oval mate do I look stupid <laughs> if I was going to be burying her it'd be three o'clock in the morning up the bush somewhere it won't be here while you're walking your dog and you can see me he goes Oh, yeah, you're just burying your dog, were you? I said, yeah, mate, I was. And then the cops came, and I had to explain myself to the cops. <laughs> Lucky I still had the receipt from the vet from the night before in the car. I said, look, she died. There's the vet receipt. We took her there. They couldn't save her. So I had to explain all of that to her. Anyway, I got the dog buried, and then I rang the, I rang the local nursery, and I said, I've just buried my dog, and... I thought of a really nice idea. I thought if I could plant some bluebells over the top of her and then she could, because her name was Bluebell, and you could fertilize, she can fertilize the bluebells and there'll be a nice little patch of bluebells there. The lady goes, no, nah, there's no bluebells, mate. Said, no, no, it's a, it's a, I'm sure it's a flower. And they go, this is the local nursery at Narara. I'll say it. <laughs> On the central coast. Narara Valley Nursery. Don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, nah, mate, nah, there's, there, I, I, I wouldn't have a clue, mate, we wouldn't have that. I said, it's a bluebell. You're a nursery. You have everything. It's flower shop. No, nah, sorry, mate, nah, no such thing. No, nah, I think there's a weed called bluebell, but that's it. Now, if, now we're hearing in Annie's news that there is such thing as a bluebell, and it's really upset me now. I'm going to go get some from up at Armadale. What an interesting story that was. <laughs> True, though. I'll put a picture of her up on Facebook. Get your day underway with 2TM Breakfast with Peter Huxley on Tamworth's own 1287 2TM. The Moon, good morning. Annie Lewis, how are you this morning? Good morning. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm always well, always pleased to speak to you because you've always got something interesting to say. That's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. <laughs> I'll tell you what, not as much pressure as this poor bloke's under, though. The leader of the World Health Organization, Tedros Adnohorn Bebriosis, Gachabriusis, or whatever his name is, mm -hmm. Tedro, we call him. <laughs> They've come up with a name for the coronavirus. Yes, what is it? it's something COVID. 19. COVID. COVID 19, is COVID that right? COVID 19. Unfortunately, and he said they had to be very careful when picking a name. We had to find a name that did not refer to a geographical location, an animal, an individual, or group of people, which is also pronounceable and related to the disease. Uh, unfortunately, there's a company called COVID in Tempe, Arizona, oh. who aren't particularly happy. Oh. 
<laughs> Surely someone just Googled COVID company. No. So, unfortunately, uh, the CEO, Norm Carson, is very, very oh, uh, angry about be. this. So, they've just named a disease after his company. <gasps> it's been in business for about 40 years. Uh, and they say they have very high quality, obviously, video products. They do that that type of thing. Uh, I guess we don't have to be concerned that people are going to be confused and think our company is associated with this. Well, guess what, mate? People are pretty stupid. I know. That's just so... I just Things like this frustrate me because it's mm. just like a quick Google would have stopped this problem from happening. Exactly. If you've just gone, we've come up with this name in this yeah. day and age, it's pretty hard to come up with something that hasn't already happened or hasn't <laughs> been thought of. So maybe exactly. we better just chuck it into Google. Yeah. See what comes up. Mm. Didn't do it, unfortunately. And now they're, uh, well, I don't know where it goes with me. And here's the ironic part. I'm going to Google COVID. Here's the ironic part. They originally wanted to name it Vidco. Oh, and guess what they did? What they checked up on it and found there was another company called Vidco, and they changed <laughs> and they named themselves COVID. <laughs> Unfortunately, the World Health Organization wasn't able to do that. So, <laughs> all those years ago, when they said, "Actually, why don't we just call it COVID?" Because there's already a Vidco, because they're a video company, right? Yeah, Vidco. Right. Someone already had that, so you know, it's not a problem. We'll just we'll just switch it around. Yeah. COVID, uh, and now they're a disease. But the important thing is that they did their research, and you know, sometimes research can be hard. Mm. You know, mm. but in this case, I really just think a quick Google would have solved that problem. I think so. <laughs> I don't know how they apologise for that now because the cat's out of well, the bag now. Everyone's calling it do. COVID, and yeah. that's what it is. So unfortunately, maybe they sent him a carton of Corona. <laughs> or, I think you or might a few need a cans bit of SARS, maybe some, <laughs> maybe some SARS, which was a drink back in the SARS virus. You probably don't know that. Don't know SARS Barilla sort of thing, but there was actually a brand you could buy called SARS. Yeah, and unfortunately they named a disease out of it. It's a bit like a, a, a same as COVID. So there you go. So uh, they've asked this bloke, "Is there any plans to change the name?" He says, "No, it's unfortunate. Today maybe some people will think we're linked to this." But I take that back. I don't think anyone who knows COVID would associate us with this. It'll just go to show how wrong you can be because people are, particularly in America, mm. as we do and only in America every day, there's only a lot of America. people there that are not really informed. No, and I think people... And they're just going to go, COVID, Ugh, not touching that. Yeah. <laughs> Tamworth Zone, 1287, 2TM. And 2TM Breakfast with Peter Huxley. What I do know, don't invest in diamonds. <laughs> if you've got an investment in a diamond mine, uh, mind, in a diamond mine, not a diamond mind, we can edit that out. Young people are falling out of love with mined diamonds because of their high environmental and humanitarian costs. There is an alternative now, lab-grown diamonds. So there you go. So they've actually invented a way to make diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is a diamond chemically, physically, and optically identical to a mined diamond. Naturally occurring diamonds are forged in the crushing pressure and immense heat of the Earth's mantle. Around 100 miles underground, most were formed between 1 billion and 3 billion years ago, at a time when our planet was hotter than it is today. Well... <laughs> <laughs> the jury's out on that one, isn't it? Uh, lab-grown diamonds are also created using extreme pressure and heat, but inside a machine rather than the bowels of the earth. There are two ways to grow a diamond. Both involve starting with a seed, which is a flat slither of another diamond. 
The first lab diamond was made using a high-pressure, high-temperature system where the seed is then placed amidst the, some pure graphite carbon and exposed to temperatures around 1,500 degrees Celsius, which you can just about get here in the middle of summer, and pressurised to approximately 1.5 million pounds per square inch in a chamber, PSI. More recently, another way to grow a diamond was discovered calling chemical, called chemical vapour deposition. This involves putting the seed in a sealed chamber filled with carbon-rich gas and heating to around 800 degrees Celsius. Under these conditions, the gases begin to stick to the seed, growing a diamond a carbon atom by carbon atom. The technology behind lab diamonds has made crucial advances in recent years, allowing companies to grow higher quality diamonds more rapidly and more cheaply. Today, it costs three to three to $500 per carat to produce a lab-grown diamond, compared with $4,000 per carat in 2008 when they first discovered them. So once they get that down to about less than a hundred, uh, your diamond ring, uh, and, and apparently they are identical. You can't tell them a, from a, a a proper diamond. So what I was, and of course the millennials are flocking to them because there's a much lower carbon footprint on them. There's a much less humanitarian cost. With I'm assuming they're saying diamond miners are being exploited there. Uh, ne never mind that they probably got to put some food on the table and they're quite happy to work in the mines. They'd rather be working in the mines than having some machine, like all of us. But there you go. The environmental damage from diamond mining goes further than simply carbon emissions. Diamond mining has been linked to pollution of water sources, blah, 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 like all uh, mining, I guess, uh, if you're on that side of the political fence. So there you go. So look, if you've invested in a diamond mine, if you've got your super all tied up in diamonds... I'd be thinking about just pulling it out and just getting back into the gold. Tamworth Zone, 1287, 2TM. And 2TM Breakfast with Peter Huxley. Time to go to the States now, see what's going on over there in the USA. Well, a man was rescued from inside the hopper of a garbage truck after the dumpster he was sleeping in was emptied into the vehicle in South Carolina. According to the cops, Mark Mancini yesterday morning had been in a dumpster when the truck picked up the dumpster after a big night. He had become trapped in the trash compartment. Around 4.20am, officers responded to a 911 call from a witness who was, who was near where the TJ Maxx store where they picked up the dumpster. The caller told police, you've got to be lucky for someone to be around at 4.20, don't you? He told police dispatchers that he'd heard someone yelling for help from the truck's trash compartment. Police subsequently discovered Mancini inside the garbage truck. He'd had a big night. Ended up in a dumpster. EMS workers transported Mancini, who complained of chest pain and hip injuries, that's when he started smelling a lawsuit, to a local hospital for further treatment. Mancini told cops he didn't recall anything about the incident. <laughs> and get this, and only remembered being in the dumpster with his girlfriend. How romantic. A Myrtle Beach Police Department report only indicates that Mancini was expelled from the dumpster into the garbage truck. The report doesn't indicate how long he was inside the garbage truck or whether he was injured or what happened to the girlfriend who was there. <laughs> well, there's more to come out of that one, isn't there? Well, a bloke buys a parrot for his kids and the bird's just an obnoxious little bugger. Uh, he uses bad language. No one can handle him without getting a chunk taken out of their finger until finally one day the man in the, the bird insults the man's wife so he's had enough so he grabs the parrot he tosses it tosses it cursing and flapping into the freezer slams the door behind it after a few seconds all goes quiet the man opens the door and the parrot meekly walks out and says look 
I realise I've offended you and I'm sorry and I humbly beg your forgiveness. The man says, oh, okay, that's all right. You're forgiven, no worries. Good, says the parrot. Now, can I ask you, what did the chicken do? <laughs> <laughs>